The following dialogue is a reenactment of actual events that actually transpired one morning in Eastern Tennessee in the first week of June. The names of the participants have been changed to protect the innocent. After a pleasant night's sleep at Dennis Cove campground, D'Lo and Wendy finished packing the car and left their campsite to retrieve their children who were happily playing with the campers across the road. It's time to hike to Laurel Fork Falls and then head up to Virginia. Hey kids, it's time to go. We gotta get on the trail. Dilo looks admirably at the dark green, healthy vine of poison ivy winding up the tree next to his children. His fellow campers notice his stare and walk up to say hello. A man with no shirt, missing teeth, thin and muscular approaches Dilo. That there's poison ivy. Dilo thinks to himself, it looks like poison ivy to me, but six of one, half dozen of the other. Tennessee man motions towards his children and continues. When they were babies and I was chipping in the woods, I'd be working in the poison oak and ivy all day. And when I come home, I rub my babies with my poison ivy hands so they get accustomed to the poison ivy. The Tennessee man's mother walks up to the group and continues. And I'd brew up some tea made from the roots of the poison oaks and ivies. I'd dig up the plants and boil the roots, and I'd serve that tea to those babies of my boy Raymond. And to this day, ain't none of them had none such reaction to the poison ivy when they brushed up on up against it. And if my babies do get some poison oak rash, I just put them in a bathtub of bleach. You just fill up that there bathtub with one or two bottles of bleach and you put your babies in there. And they might scream and cry and they might get a little burned. But when they come out of that poison ivy rash will be all done. That's right. That's how you get rid of it real quick and easy. You know, I've heard that you can eat a little poison ivy leaf and then develop an immunity to the oils. Tennessee man stares D'Lo in the eye, reaches his arm out quickly and violently to the poison ivy vine growing up the tree next to them, tears off a few leaves and stuffs them in his mouth. Maintaining his unnerving stare, Tennessee man begins to chew the poison ivy leaves. D'Lo, Wendy, and the children stare at him in awe. Now, y'all shouldn't do this unless you're at home with access to medical supervision. This might not work out so well for y'all. But now I know I ain't got no response to the poison ivy. It has no effect on me. Tennessee man swallows the poison ivy leaves. Wow. Well, thank you for all that. Now, if you'll excuse us, we're going to hike out to Laurel Fork Falls, and then we have to get on the road. We're heading up to Virginia tonight. Thanks for sharing all of this with us. You all have a safe trip and watch out for that poison oak out there. Now, Let's start the show. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various historic Colorado and South Carolina beer districts, this is The Trail Show. 
The trail show is the longest running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over a million times all over the globe. We are on air and everywhere and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. It's August, folks, and the band is back together. Additionally, additionally, we have two very special guests for tonight's Trail of the Month. Also, we must talk about Delo's two-month odyssey across the Fruited Plains and back, and Triple O's climb up 18,400-foot Mount Damavand, and P.O.D.'s back surgery. Before we get to all that, P.O.D., can you tell us what's on the menu for tonight? Uh, well, for me, there's a whole lot of drugs on the menu. <laughs> um, let's see what we got some. Some of us have beer of the month. Uh, we've got some fun news stories, not as many as last month. We've got several audio clips from different people. We have, would you say we have a plethora of hotline calls? I would say we have, yeah, a, a buffet, a buffet. Oh, okay. Mm. A buffet. A buffet. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it's just going to be catching up and catching up with listeners, our audio superstars, and, you know, some nonsense. Yeah. Let's talk about the beer of the month that, is anyone having beer of the month? I have have a couple beers of the month here that were sent to me by the one and only Stephen Parker. Stephen Chaps Parker. Now, Stephen Chaps Parker sent me um, a few beers, and the ones that I have left are the Florida Man, which yeah. I'm always a fan of, especially because you cannot find the Florida Man in Colorado. And the Florida Man is just a a hearty, strong, chewable, high in ABV beer. It's good. Like good. It. Yeah. And then he also sent me some beer from the Lost 40 Brewing Company oh, from yeah, uh, Arkansas. And I haven't had one of those. That's going to be my second beer of the night. Actually, it'll be my third. It's my, my second beer of the show. But I digress. And I'm very excited to have that because I was in Arkansas at the beginning of the summer. And I really took a liking to the Lost 40 Brewing Company. Did you so go to, to the that. actual brewery? I did not. Hmm. But I bought lost 40 beers at grocery stores in Arkansas. And I was very excited about them. Do you have the trash panda by any chance? I may have. I don't really remember. It's quite you know, delicious. I drank so many different beers from so many states this summer. And I really should have like kept a log or taken pictures. All right, braggadocery. Come on, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you, POD? I guess you're probably having a sparkling beverage. I'm having some diet seven up. <laughs> Still uh, off the wagon, are you? Yeah. I've got uh, a little over two weeks before I'm off all the drugs. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. We need an update yeah. on your situation. Triple O. Sadly, what do they have in South Carolina there for I you? have not gone to look for South Carolinian beer yet. It's uh, out there, man. We like... I've just rolled into South Carolina, so I'm still in like the everything's in a box phase. But so you gave up your your life living on the surface of the sun 
in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> and moved to, yeah. move to the butt crack in the south. <laughs> the armpit is out of here. Well, at least it's not 110, right? It's oh not 110. God. The oh, humidity it's... is close. Um, <laughs> reminds you of home, doesn't it? Reminds you of Florida, right? You know, it actually is a lot like Florida. It's really, really Florida-like here. Yeah. Um, oh, I hey, think... you should drink some Florida Man beer when you get the chance. <laughs> I bet you they ship it right up north of that state, north of that Georgia line. That I bet Florida, they probably do. I've yeah. heard. The, I've heard there's some good breweries in town, so it's only a matter of finding them. What town are you in? Columbia. Ooh. It's a college town and the uh -huh. capital, so it should have something. Yeah. And there, and you're there beer. because your wife got a job working there. Is that my understanding? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm being a very loyal partner, nice. supporting her career. Uh huh. And yeah. Cool. Very cool. Triple O, I bet you aren't very far from the Palmetto Trail. I think the Palmetto Trail goes right through the city or real close to it. It does. Some, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where, but somewhere out there i gotta find it they have a lot of trails here they go along the river there's two rivers that combine into a third river and they have lots of trails so i'm excited about checking that out perhaps a future city through hike or something we'll see Ooh, i like it real quick Dilo, have you heard about the new florida man down under edition which is brewed with hops Ooh. from the southern hemisphere oh is this really a thing yeah it actually just came out in the last two weeks I haven't seen any, but huh. if anybody would like to send members of the trail show some Florida man down under, we would love to have it. Yeah, we would. Yeah. We would happily accept. Because I'm pretty sure they don't sell that in Colorado. No, I. Yeah, I don't mm. think so. <laughs> I'm drinking a. Uh, so I'm in my car right now in the middle of the West Elks, and, and I'm broadcasting to you via Starlink satellite internet, which is kind of weird because. I'm in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but uh, I'm drinking Odell's Mountain Standard IPA. And I was telling Dilo, I, this has become my go-to IPA. It's, uh, it's consistent. It's citrusy. It's 6.5 ABV. Odell's out of Fort Collins, Colorado. I like some of their offerings. I don't like others, but I, I really like the Mountain Standard IPA. So grab a six pack next time you're at the, uh, the beer store. Trail Show Nation and Dilo and POD and Triple O. Okay, very good. Do we have some I, trail news this month? I think we should go to the hotline before we do any yeah, trail news. You're right. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of hotline calls. We should get started on it. Like We got like know. a backlog, right, of a couple mm -hmm. months. This yeah. Point. If you're going to eat an elephant, you got to start eating. So That's right. Yeah. That's <laughs> sage advice. Words to live by let's let's take it back we'll, we'll catch up on lemuel hey what's up trail show it's lemuel or if you prefer a westra uh i'd like to tell you about my weekend i attempted a uh hiking challenge called the a100 the uh chapter of the north country trail that i volunteer for puts on the event every year as our only fundraiser where you try to hike uh, 25 50 75 or 100 miles over a 50-hour stretch on a weekend. I was trying for 100. I hit a wall at 65, was bonking pretty bad, and had to go lay down for a while and wasn't able to finish. But I did want to tell you about the experience I had right around dusk. 
during the day I started to lightly hallucinate, and uh, right around dusk I was really seeing some things, and there was stump that I, I hay bared a stump. Where it moved, but it was a stump. Anyway, hope everybody's having a good day, and I'll talk to you later. So I think you saw a skunk. I, I went. No, not a skunk, a stump. Oh, he saw a stump and he thought it was a bear because he's hallucinating. He saw the stump move. The stump was talking to him. Yes. He said, he said light, hallucin- light hallucination. Light. Yeah. 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 So that was uh, that was Lemuel, who was just actually at my house a week yes. ago. Shout he, out Lemuel. Yeah. He brought some beer that we're going to have at the next uh, on the next show. And by we, I mean disco. Anyway, um, yeah, I, bet. <laughs> I may have already had. One or that's two of true those. i think he did yeah i think he did have some. We'll, we'll but yeah it. so you know he he his uh they live in pennsylvania and his um he was explaining his uh trail maintainer group which bobby walters used to be a part of they host this hundred mile race as their main fundraiser and it's on the hundred miles of trail that their group maintains so their group maintains oh, cool. exactly 100 nice. miles yeah so anyway it's kind of cool well, I remember mm-hmm. on this on the CDT when I was um, trying to go see how far I could go in a day, and like it got to like the end of the twenty four hour period, and I was feeling like I was hallucinating, and I saw this I like saw this naked woman on a horse riding towards me, and I was like, "This is my mind. I'm losing it." And it turned out to actually be a woman who was wearing she wasn't naked, but she was wearing a bikini, and her hair was covering the like the strings of the bikini, so she looked naked. I wasn't hallucinating <laughs> at all. She was actually like what? this woman on a horse riding by, and I was like, "What in the world?" So yeah, I had where was to this? Her, so where on the it CDT? On, it was in Wyoming in the Great Basin. <laughs> did you just try and like oh hike my for God. 24 hours straight in the basin is that what you're saying yeah i was like how oh. fast can i get out of here did Good you Lord. speak to her i talked to her so she was like a real person i said hi she you, said hi you had to verify like that you're yeah right I, was, I i thought for sure i was losing my mind you're like are you real let's tiny hands <laughs> uh triple o how far did you go that day i think it was i think 62 something miles damn yeah, it was wow. a long day <laughs> wow shout out to you and lemuel like i've never done anything close to 60 or 50 yeah. or even 40 i wouldn't recommend it. i've never even hiked 30 in fact i had the chance to hike 30 and i purposely stopped you declined short. i stopped like a half mile short 29 four tenths of a mile yeah it's like nope not doing it not gonna hike 30 nope good That's good on you go. mate that's what Disco and I did on the PCT. Everybody was like ripping forties in, in Oregon. And we're our thing was like, we're not going to do a single 30 in Oregon. And it's so flat during so much of it that we get to mile like 29.5 and just stop. Like, yeah. all right, stop in here. Stop right here. <laughs> yeah. Can't go any further. There's nowhere to nope. camp, but I can't go any further. Can't no, but there was. The, the whole place was camping. Oh, yeah, it's it true. Was great. Right. You just camp everywhere. Yeah. All wow. right. Let's catch up with another one of our listeners. What's up, Trail Show? Pisco here. Finish the TGO challenge. I am sitting at Donator Castle uh, and just outside the little village of Stonehaven, uh, 200 miles in 13 days, uh, about 45,000 feet of elevation gain, uh, lots of heavy rain and strong winds, but this morning it's gloriously beautiful overlooking the castle. 
as I am the only one here at 7 o'clock this morning. So I hope this finds you well. Another video in the books. Ciao, trail show. This is like the VIPs of our, our beer donors, man. We've gotten <laughs> Lemuel who dropped off beer just last week. We got Craig Gully, who was part of the last shipment with yeah. uh, David Sarcasm the Elf Viddy. Yeah. Pisco sent us some nice farmhouse sales and a brown ale. Thank yeah. you, Pisco. And David Viddy sent us a whole bunch of beer. We're we're so we got we got waylaid and behind on beer last month because neither one of us was able to I had Giardia and POD had yeah it's true the same thing she's had for the last couple months alcohol couple. and Giardia do not mix yeah apparently alcohol doesn't kill Giardia um mm -mm. no it just learned. makes it only, just makes your burps and your belches and your only the only thing that kills violent. Giardia is yeah. bleach yeah. <laughs> no 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 please don't please don't uh, is that like is this like your COVID 19 yeah. recommendation too is, are you uh, yeah. are you announcing a presidential run or something yes i am <laughs> me and sarah palin you betcha that bleach works oh it boy keeps the russians away too uh well give it the everyone has probably hung up or stopped listening to the trail show let's let's catch up with someone from france <gasps> hey i'm betty Stockit or you i never listen to a treasure i mean why would i I'm French. I don't drink beer. I drink wine. There you go. It's <laughs> Baptiste. Okay, so he sent another audio clip. And by the way, he his trail name is Fit, but I'm calling him Oreo because his last name is spelled O-R-I-E-A-U-E-U-X. There's like 10 vowels in there, but it sounds like Oreo. So that's what I've been calling him. Um, I'm and sure. I'm sure. A you French want the other audio clip? I think I know which one you're talking oh. about. If he called it in, I don't know. Let's let's listen. Let's see. Continental divide trail, you said. It's more like continental divide windy as. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what this caller think, is saying other than I think it's I have very to windy. Something there. I think you do have okay there's today. another audio clip okay what sent... about this one because that person called back continental divide trail you said hmm? you mean continental divide roots right because what the, the trail i don't know <laughs> roots 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 Root. oh trails. root root That's root root yes you know his english is great his pronunciation, he has a very thick French accent. So don't think little... French people have a very thick French accent. No? Yes. No, they don't. And by the way, I oh, think it's like... fantastic that you have given him an a trail name, a French person a trail name of American junk food. Because <laughs> if there's one thing oh, wait, the time French out. Hate, that's true. It, yeah. it's American food in general. And American junk food in particular. You don't know that Oreo hates American junk food. Sure, I do. Maybe he likes do? it. How can you hate no. Oreos? I actually don't I hate, like Oreos. I hate them. Really? Did you know yeah. that I don't, Oreos I mean, are originally the not like the chocolate cookie, man. Oreos, the chocolate cookie but part. It's like, I don't know. They're like See, that's kind of a perfect combination because he hates the chocolate cookie and yeah. I hate the filling. Yeah, I could eat the filling all day. Ew, but the chocolate gross. cookie part is gnarly. Nasty. You guys should get married or something. Right? <laughs> okay, well, he sent another audio clip that I will what? find. 
and we'll insert at the well, end of the show. Hopefully, it doesn't perhaps. include more f bombs for poor Disco. Yeah, I think so. Editing after. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, should we move on to trail news, or do you want to? Let's move on. Keep... We got some more calls. We'll we'll get okay. to them later. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news. Here it is. There's a new long path in Canada, as if Canada didn't have enough. Uh, this is some news from non-listener Ross Myers. There's a 700-kilometer walking slash cycling path around Prince Edward Island, or PEI, as the locals like to say. I bet you it's um, beautiful. I bet you it's beautiful yeah, I started to do some research on it, and I decided I could didn't have the energy to do it. So if you want to know more, you should look it up. But it's there, <laughs> seven hundred kilometers. Well, it's it's around the perimeter of Prince Edward Island. So what else do yeah. you need to know? Look at a map. I figure I figured if it's seven hundred kilometers, it's got to be around the perimeter because I don't think Prince Edward no. Island is all that big. But Prince Edward Island is where Anne of Green Gables took place for those Ooh. of you who are. Oh. Solid you know. audiobook recommendation to listen to while you're hiking this trail. Oh, yes. Wow. Good I've call. Never, I've why never don't read they that call book? it? Why don't they call it the Anne of Green Gables trail? I don't know. Maybe you should dig into the <laughs> internets and see why Dilo and report Gosh. out next month. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Item number two. The Lyme's d- disease vaccine is in stage three of clinical trials. Microchips. Seeking approval in <laughs> seeking approval in 2025. Bill Gates. Hashtag microchips. <laughs> yep. Bill Gates. If they microchip. didn't get you with the COVID vaccine and the poison ivy leaves, they're going to get you with the, <laughs> the Lyme disease hey, real, vaccine. Real quick, I've got a side note about the Lyme disease vaccine. Yeah. So over 20 years ago, there used to be a Lyme disease vaccine called Lymerix. But and, Dick Cheney killed it. Well, it, it was taken off the market because a number of people reported symptoms after taking the vaccine that were very similar to actually having Lyme disease. Okay. So they pulled it from the market. Apparently, they kept it for dogs and other animals but they pulled it for humans. And I was like a week away from getting that vaccine in 2000 because I'm a, I'm a forester. I'm out in the woods yeah. all the time. And I thought like, oh, this is probably a good thing to get. And for whatever reason, I didn't. It's probably because I was in my 20s and I was out drunk or cavorting. Uh, but uh, I'm glad I didn't get it because apparently there were some complications. So <laughs> hopefully yeah. this new, 20 years later, hopefully this new brand of Lyme disease vaccine doesn't have microchips and it's good for the peoples amen all right well also it's said that there's okay so they're seeking approval in 2025 just kind of a ways off and then there's also a antibody monoclonal antibody developed by mass biologics i don't know what that means is an antibody a treatment and not a vaccine i think so yeah okay that's um, what you would take you once get. you have already found like a bullseye. Okay. But this is only in the first bit of human trials and it's got to go through a second phase and I think a third stage before. So that's a ways off, just FYI. Also, right. side note, if you are interested, there's a really interesting Snap Judgment. Snap Judgment is an NPR podcast with Glenn Washington and it is the unspoken episode. Um, and it's about... 
a woman who has Lyme disease with a very unusual cure slash outcome. Yeah. So That's I don't know what episode, episode number that is, but if you're at all interested, it's a really great episode. Just search Snap Judgment Lyme's disease and you'll find we'll, it. We'll post a link. Okay. Is that um, a TV show or is that a podcast? Podcast. podcast. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yep. It's really I good. Love, I love the podcast. Yeah. It's, and Snap Judgment's a good one. Glenn Washington is a really it interesting is. host. Yep. All right, item number three, our let apple pie laan has just finished all 11 national scenic trails right behind buck 30. She finished on July 11th, which was a fitting day because she finished her 11th trail on July 11th. And she is the first woman to complete all of the the 11 national scenic trails. As far as we know, I mean, who knows? Grandma Gatewood could have already done it. and she finished with the Ice Age Trail. So awesome. congrats to Apple Pie. That's awesome. Um, Dilo, can you give her a hand clap with your tiny hand, please? I was actually at the trailhead of the Ice Age Trail. When she finished? No, but I was oh. there. I was hanging out. I did a little oh, bit of a hike. I awesome. Went I went swimming. You were at the one trailhead. I was, entire, at the, I was at the terminus. Uh, I was at the terminus oh, of the okay. Ice Age Trail on the St. Croix River on the Wisconsin, Minnesota border. That's right. Very nice. Yep. I see. Okay. Well, given that Grandma and Gatewood might have done oh, this no. or have claimed did, to have done it. Did she we call? We actually had a call. <laughs> Ooh, Grandma Gatewood called the trail show? So. Hello, it's trail show. Grandma Gatewood calling. I somehow transported from the AT out to the simple lodge in Austin in Salida, Colorado. I don't know how I got here, but something tells me that the spirit of Baltimore Jack somehow got me out this way. I would like POD and Disco to know that we're in your neck of the woods tonight. I'm sitting here with how many through hikers? Say hello. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Just so you know, the ghost of Grandma Gatewood is strong with you tonight. But beware. There are things lurking about in these mountains. Do you hear that? Oh, no. Um, we don't know what's going on out here, but... We'll keep you updated, and maybe I'll somehow stick around instead of going back to the AT. Good night. Drink more beers. Take less gear. Grandma Gatewood with her shower curtain is out. (laughs) Wow. We haven't heard from, from Grandma in a while. Yeah, she's been busy. It takes some time to travel all the way to Salida from the AT (laughs) as a ghost. (laughs) I think Grandma Gatewood does trail maintenance as well, so that limits her access to uh, technology. So, Uh, I I think that Grandma Gatewood, even if she were to claim to finish, I think she did not. So I, I, I am in full (laughs) support. It's apple pie. Apple pie. What an amazing thing to do! Congratulations. Yep. I just texted Grandma Gatewood, by the way. 
That was oh, wow. amazing. You're, you're in so touch gra- with Grandma gra- Yeah, she texted. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Dude, I am. What are you yep. talking about? This is crazy. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. Incredible. Oh, okay. What else we got? I think we should play an audio clip from one of our embedded trail show reporters. POD. Okay. So, many, so many audio clips. Let's get an update from Skittles. Hey, Trail Show Nation. This is Skittles reporting to you live from the Snowbird 5000. I have some breaking news to report. <gasps> I just entered Minnesota, the final state on the Snowbird. Oh, um, yes. I entered on August 14th, and you heard it here first, at least within the same month. And I guess probably first if you're not following me on Facebook or Twitter or Trail Journals. Um, but pretty exciting. We've got about 750 miles left, um, almost all in Minnesota. I do have to go through Manitoba a little bit if Canada will let me walk across and into Manitoba and then back up into Angle Inlet. Um, but I just have, uh, I guess, the Superior Hiking Trail and then the Border Route and the Kakibik Trail. And then I have to bebop across the Big Bog and up to War Road, Minnesota, and then up to Angle Inlet. Um, other interesting news today, I gave away my stove and isobutane fuel. I ran into a eastbound hiker who actually had just started in Toulouse, so he hadn't been out very long, but he, um, had a similar incident to what I had in New Zealand, Disco oh. and P.O.D. will remember, mm-hmm. when I had a fireball erupt out of my isobutane because the yep. stove didn't sealed tight against it well he had a oh my god a fireball and now his stove no longer works and instead of risking him getting food poisoning by eating bad bologna like i did that was I, uh, epic gave him my stove and an icy butane since i'll be meeting my parents in in two days so i thought that was kind of interesting i listened to your uh, gear show um recently while walking and was thinking of a couple items of gear that I have, and one is my titanium pot that I've had since the AT in 2004, wow. and I've used for thousands and thousands of meals since then. And then I was also thinking I have this nice ULA, I think it's a conduit um, catalyst, one of the C1s, backpack that I got for free from POD. Uh, before we went <laughs> to New Zealand, she had won this backpack, and I already had a Gossamer Gear backpack that she liked, so uh, she gave that to me, and I've been using it since New Zealand, although I think this will be its its last hike. It is falling to pieces on me, and I'm hoping just to make it last. Uh, I'm not very uh, easy on my backpacks. Whenever I take a break, I just throw it on the ground, and if it's too far away from me, I drag it across the ground to me, so it's pretty amazing that it's lasted this long but thanks pod that backpack has been awesome oh yeah um wisconsin was pretty nice there's a lot of good forest walk and copper falls state park on the far side was really cool uh but this last little bit there was a lot of road walking which had me doing some bad flashbacks to ohio and so i'm glad to have that done and i'll be on good trail for quite a while now and looking forward to it um, I will talk to you next month when I should be getting pretty close to the finish. Skittles. That's I bet that awesome. backpack smells real nice. <laughs> I mean, I bet you he's put close to 10,000 miles on that pack. 
He said he's been using it since 2015. I mean, that's an endorsement. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like any, I mean, a pack that lasts that long is that's for incredible. anyone. A pack that lasts that long yeah. for anyone, but especially for Skittles. Oh yeah, my god! It, especially and real quick, we probably mentioned the Fireball Skittles tent story like many <laughs> moons ago in 2016. But one night, Skittles and Peyote and I were walking along some roads <laughs> in new zealand and we were in an area where there was just more road walking and so we kind of had to trespass take, yeah maybe something like that and so we may or may not have gone over a fence and walked up this this like abandoned forest road and uh we set up our tents and there was no houses or anything around it was whatever but uh skittles tent was right in front of our tent and slightly downhill and we had just got in our tent and all of a sudden I saw like this flash of light come from Skittles tent. I could see it through the nylon in our tent and I heard Skittles yell and I immediately just grabbed, I had a platypus full of water. I, I knew it was fire. Like I knew something was bad. I grabbed the platypus. I jumped out of the tent. I ran like five feet to get to Skittles tent and he'd figured out how to turn off the flame. But yeah, I guess his, uh, his isobutane stove, like it didn't actually seal on the canister properly, and there well, was well, the th there was the gas threads shooting. were yeah, the threads were stripped. Yeah, or the something. threads got stripped. Yeah, and uh, I mean that that ball of flame was like two feet high inside his tent. I don't know how it didn't melt nylon. Like it was. The problem is that Skittles is like a Viking. He's like a. He is a Viking, and so when he he's screws, from Minnesota. When he would screw on his stove every night, I think he was just doing it too hard for too long and he stripped it, you know, it yeah. just got stripped. So if you're a weakling with T-Rex arms like myself, then you, that's probably never going to happen to you. So there's that. There's that. Come on, Skittles, <laughs> stop screwing it too hard, too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute. Say what? Stop doing what? What did you say? I think we should move on. Yeah, we, we should move, move on. on. Um, <laughs> we have some very special guests in studio tonight. And by in studio, I mean live via Zoom from Golden, Colorado. We have the Grinkle, aka Twinkle and Grace. Welcome. Ooh. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. Uh -oh. Can you hear dogs in the background? <laughs> No, I, not at all. I heard I heard one little bark Good. or howl or something. Yeah, that was Alma making herself known, but we, we locked her out, so we should be good. Uh, okay. Good. Very, very cool. Awesome. Hey, do you remember POD when we had a, it was a birthday party for Grace during the pandemic and it was a mm -hmm. it was a Zoom call? I think that's the last time we zoomed and you showed up in a gold suit dancing. <laughs> that was your end. Right. I did show up in a gold lame oh suit dancing to yeah. uh, what's his name? My first, my last. White, uh, yes, very white. Very white. Yeah. Um, very white. It was amazing. Yep. And there was a guy on the call that did not blink the entire time, not because he didn't want to miss out on any butt shots, but because I don't think he does blink. And he was like, had grown into his couch over the course of the two hour birthday <laughs> call. And I was like, got on there. I was like, you over there on the couch, are you alive? It was just a screenshot. Like, yeah, I think it was like a cutout or something. It was on Zoom, but it, it was actually just a screenshot. It was crazy. Yeah. 
stunt double. Kind of looked like you're imitating him today, P.O.D. I know, I know. That there's <laughs> the like, irony. You're the lounger, laid back. <laughs> well, at least I have the excuse of like recent back surgery. That guy. I mean, and you're blinking, you, don't know. So. you don't know if he had recent back surgery or not. I do because I talked to the Grinkles about it and they're like, no, oh, okay. that's just how he is. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> never just, mind. Sorry. He's just attached to his couch. I, mean, I would not assume that people don't have back surgery. Like I know, right? I you That's a normal assumption. Like you just yeah. walk around assuming everyone's oh, you're not had moving? back surgery. You're not moving? You must be paralyzed. <laughs> You've got back surgery going on. Yeah, that's what I think. Oh yeah. my God. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I, can I tell a story about this tiny hand? Sure. Oh. Please. So <clears throat> my children tried to steal a tiny hand from disco many years ago. And POD put the kibosh on that pretty quick one night. Mm-hmm. And because apparently his parents, the, those, those, those kids' parents don't parent. So I had, to we parent. don't parent. We ain't, we ain't doing much parenting over here. That is for sure. <laughs> so when I was in a little gift shop in Warren, Vermont this summer, and I went up to the second floor and I saw a best selection of toys that I've ever seen in a very small store. And what did they have? tiny hands not only did they have tiny hands of this size they had tiny hands that were smaller than this you could actually put you could actually put a tiny hand on each one of these Mm -hmm. fingers i have some of those yep i didn't buy any of those i just bought one of these those are called teeny hands (laughs) actually when i rang when i was rang rang up to pay for this she rang it up and it was called the finger which is odd oh, because it's I think, hand. yes, because it's I think they're hand. called finger hands. Yeah, but it's the finger. So she rang yep. me up for the finger. And so I was just super excited when I saw. Here in our local hands. gifts, in our local toy store here, you can get tinies and teeny tinies. Oh, you can? And, okay. Yeah. And you can also yeah. get glow in the dark tiny hands. I guess I've just, I'm sure they're not actually that hard to come by. I've yeah. just never really looked around for them and I was there and it was just like it was like a ray of light shining down from heaven in the back of this gift store and it was just like tiny hands I also have a tiny foot and I also have a tiny sasquatch foot so both of you two didn't the yeah. tiny appendage thing uh fall out of favor like three years a ago? long time ago yeah ever man like uh you're trying to bring it back like no i'm not wait, i didn't even know it was a thing again. he's just enjoying it going. he's like, just enjoying why it gotta, yeah why you gotta yuck my yum man all right man okay bring it back I, I you know i've been binging on harlem shake videos recently yeah, yeah i'm not no, afraid that's, what haven't that's what back, haven't man. you been binging on shake Seriously, yeah, dude, you don't remember the Harlem He's Shake? Just like hanging out in the woods watching Harlem Shake. He's, he does in between videos. He does some planking. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to plank. I like to Tebow. Do the Harlem Shake. Uh, I did the Tide Pod Challenge a couple times just to like nostalgia. Uh, yeah, good times. Now, just side note here, Disco. I could actually picture something crazy happening right now. I could picture like a Sasquatch coming up behind up me behind your car and just like coming at the windows and that just rocking the car and then all of a sudden disco cuts out and everybody is just like whoa whoa um, is that for real because like that looked like sasquatch and know, they, maybe they call him yeti down here in colorado i don't know that'd be a good prank yeah. to play on you all because you know yeah. i'm out in the middle of nowhere right now and by yourself if, if there was another person here, I could like have him put on the Sasquatch costume and come up and I could act surprised and you all would freak the f- 
fuck out. Everybody rolls out to the woods on their like forestry gig with an extra Sasquatch costume, right? Of course. I mean, yeah, <laughs> totally. Man. You know, totally. yeah. A ghillie right. suit, right? Let's get back yeah. to it, guys. Where were we? Okay, we uh, got way before. Before we interview the Grinkle, um, I think we should take a quick break. Okay. This has been roughly an hour, and let's come back with uh, with uh, the Grinkles. This is Jupiter, and I've listened to every episode of The Trail Show probably 30 times over. Hello, Trail Show. Shira here, reporting in from the Appalachian Trail. Uh, if you remember, this is mission Hike the AT again 20 years after my first through hike. And I am about a month into the journey, going Sobo instead of Nobo. And I think Sobo is kind of the best of both worlds. There's enough hikers to have some small bubbles of, of, of us. There's plenty of people to hike with and leapfrog, but we're spaced out enough so that I can have some solo hiking and camping time. It's pretty ideal. But I'd say the rough part is the hiking. I must have been in a Katahdin fog 20 years ago because I don't remember much of Maine. And it's the hardest mm. thing I've ever hiked twice. I guess. Uh, but I'm glad to be out here. I hear Oregon and California are burning, so I'm glad to come, that I decided to come east for the summer. When I'm trying to think about what's changed in 20 years, I think it's the rocks. I was joking at the beginning of the hike that they must have installed more rocks since I hiked last <laughs> time. But then I learned they did. So there's been lots of trail work, and they have been installing these massive rock staircases on some of the oh. steepest parts. Uh, I have so much respect for the trail crew out here and was uh, lucky enough to be trail angeled by Zenquake, who has been a part of the main Appalachian Trail Club for many years and heard a lot about their work and efforts. Um, so, yeah, kind of fun to have an inside look into the trail, what goes into maintaining this really, 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 really hard trail out here. But there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Um, I hope Trail Show Nation gets a chance to come out and, and hike some. If you haven't already, um, I am on to my second month on the trail, so I will give you all another recap um, once this old 45-year-old body makes it through a few more states. All right, Trail Show, hope you're doing well. And just a reminder, this is she and I never listen to the Trail Show. Wow. They put more rocks out there. I can't imagine doing trail work in Maine. Oh, my God. So many rocks. It's so steep. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm glad well, I did cool. that trail in my 20s. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, Shira, getting after it. Um, yep, I'm gonna wait. You. I'm gonna wait until after that uh, Lyme's disease vaccine comes out to think about uh, rehiking the AT. So not the way she's going though. She'll be down yeah, south. Still avoids it. 
Yeah, it kind of does. That's yeah, true. Starting late late in the summer after the That's his stick. Cool. Well, let's get into our trail of the month. We've got Grinkle, which is Grace and Twinkle, to tell us about the El Circuito Waiwash in Peru. Waiwash. Which was the hike we were supposed to be on, but we weren't on. So you all can tell us yep. all about it. Goes that, that's how it goes sometimes. Talk to us about it. Tell us about it. How did it go? What are the highlights? We're going to have to cry the whole time. What could have been? I know, right? Would have been so beautiful. So how did you pronounce it again, Beauty? It's not Cordillera? Oh, yes. I said the the whitewash circuit. Circuito. Circuito. Cordillera, yeah. The Cordillera whitewash. And I'm just yelling out whitewash. So yeah, that's fine. We that's that's what we pay you for, Dilo. Yep. Yeah. Big bucks. <clears throat> Big bucks. Yep. Yeah, for our non-Spanish speaking listeners, it starts with an A. I mean an H. Can <laughs> 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 we start this whole second? Our non-Spanish speaking <laughs> okay. listeners like me. Like myself. The Y wash is spelled H-U-A-Y-H-U-A-S-H. Yes. Tell us all about the Cordillera Y wash circuit that we weren't able to hike where do you how do you get there let's start at the beginning uh started it's in peru it's in the andes mountains um we had to fly to lima which is a long flight there's no direct from denver so that was a full day and then it was a 12-hour bus supposed to be 10 but it was about 12-hour bus the next day from lima to guaraz did i get that right pod yep guaraz yep all right. And then we did a few acclimation hikes, and then it was a five-hour taxi um, to the actual trailhead. So it's two and a half days to actually get to the start of the trail, which is the longest I've ever done to start a trail. Yeah, it's like an adventure in yeah, itself. it is. Um, cool. And then so tell then us about the, the trail. I mean, we yeah, tell us about how did it go? Where did you go? What are the stops? Well, how, how long is it? Like, it's a loop, right? You guys did the loop. We Most didn't do don't the do full the loop. loop. We did more of a horseshoe. Oh. We're pretty close. And it was, what, eight nights? Nine nights for us? Yeah, nine nights, I think. And maybe about 75 miles. Were you able to do it without a yep. guide? So for, you are. Um, oh, but cool. we were surprised. A, it was quite busy. There were a lot of people on it. Um, and B, it was like 95% of the people on it were guided. So there are very few unguided groups going. Um, we also only met two Americans the entire time, which was pretty sweet. Wow. Um, and unexpected as well. There were a lot of foreigners, just not Americans out there. One thing that I thought was really awesome about it is there's like the standard Y-Wash circuit which is roughly 80 miles. And when you're out there, they call it the, the donkey trail because it's everybody guided goes that way and all the donkeys follow. And it's a very like, it's almost like a two track road the whole way. It's very wide and well-traveled, um, but there's so many alternates you can take. So we ended up taking a handful of alternates and every time we did that seemed like a highlight for us. Yeah, even though I haven't been there, I just want to clarify that um, when Twinkle's talking about like almost a two track road, 
these roads are still going over passes that are 14,000, 15,000 feet. Um, and it is the route that the donkeys use as well because these routes are established um, transportation routes for these tiny communities um, for you know transporting goods and people. But um, you know, it's not like a two-track road like in like Montana or Idaho or something. Like these still go up very tall passes. Just just to clarify. Maybe like a wider JMT, because the JMT has yeah. tons of mule trains as well. Yeah. Speaking of high passes, what was your highest elevation on the Wiwash? I think it was 16,800 16, feet. Damn. Was so that a pass? Was and that we a pass were, or a peak? That was a pass. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. And apart from the first day, we were above 14,000 feet the whole time. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. You Could wait you a minute. Sleep? Say that again. You were above 14,000 feet the whole time? Yeah. Nearly. Yeah. Not the entire time, but wow. The majority of it. We had a camp. Our second night camp was at 15,300 feet. Did you all take Diamox or any? No, no, no problems with altitude. No, we didn't. Just the altitudes, but no altitude problems. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, we 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 uh lucky to come from Colorado because I think the few weekends leading up to it, Grace went and stayed up in the mountains, you know, two of the weekends, and I was up actually right next to Salida, um, with friends, you know, climbing some of the thirteeners, just trying to get as high as I could in May. Uh, be acclimated before we went and they have a lot of hiking from Waraz that gets you up to above 15,000 feet so you you know have a chance to acclimate in town you know hike high sleep low before actually getting out on the trail which was great were you uh surprised by the number of people you encountered out on the hike I was I thought it was going to be pretty remote and it, it was not, it was pretty busy, probably about 30 to 40 people at each campsite. Yeah. They have like wow. designated sites and sometimes it was more than that. Sometimes it, you know, probably 50 plus people, but if you do some of these alternates and you're willing to, you know, hike off the donkey trail, we had several nights camping just by ourselves as well. That's gotcha. great. What about the hot springs? Were you, uh, did you all stop at the hot springs or no? No, we, we went a, a different way. So unfortunately we missed it because apparently they were selling Coke and Snickers, which what? we were like, oh, dang, we missed out on that. I don't know. It sounds like it's probably pretty gross. Like that many people there. I bet that water is That's what we were gross. Thinking. Yeah. Tell us more about the actual, the, you know, I know you guys took a lot of alternates, but tell us about it. Like, some highlights um and and i'd love for you guys to speak to the mileage that you did every day and like just so people have an um an understanding of like what it's like yeah we did it um quite slow you could surely do it a lot faster than we did but i took all of my camera gear we had 10 days of food you know we had warm clothing and sleeping bags because you're sleeping at 15,000 feet. So it's really cold. Um, so we decided to just take our time. And of course it's five days of travel to get there and back. So we really wanted to not rush it and try and 
zoom through it. That wasn't really the point of the trip for us. Um, I think the highlight for me was the second day. We took a, an alternate between two camps and that was the night we slept at 15,200 feet and we were actually above, I have no idea how to pronounce any of these names. We we're above a giant lake, which was awesome. And right next to a Hiroshanka, Hiroshanka, which was my favorite peak of the entire range. It's a pretty small range, but that was the coolest peak. But we slept on like this high ridge and it was awesome. It was probably like 2,000 feet above the lake, maybe even 3,000 feet above the lake, like a really high ridge. And it pitted you right next to the range. So you're looking at all mm. these glaciers and you're actually above, you're above the bottom of these glaciers. So you're listening to them calf and fall off all night, which was really pretty. Um, that was definitely the highlight for me. We were up there all by ourselves and we had a great sunset and then the Milky Way was fantastic that night too. So it was really neat. And, that, and I think you guys Every mentioned day. that there was a lot of darkness too. Yeah, that's something that actually caught us off guard. And um, Grace brought the tablet so we could like watch TV shows and stuff. She downloaded a bunch. And thank goodness she did because it was like 13 hours of night every night so <laughs> that's a lot of time of sitting around so wow. we, we did that and then i was up every single night doing astro like taking pictures of the night sky for like two hours a night and we were still getting like 10 hours of sleep every day it was wild wow. um so just a lot wow. of downtime you, i didn't realize that close to the equator that time of year just a lot of darkness yeah it's like almost like hiking in the fall like the late fall in Colorado where you get, you know, over half the days in your tent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Dark by six, light at 7 a.m. So mm. it was a lot of time in the tent. Another reason to not try and go very fast or far because you don't have many hiking hours in the day. We averaged about probably eight to 10 miles a day. But the, the really cool thing about the route is you did a high pass pretty much every day. So it would be hard to, to do more than that because you'd have so much gain. Um, you know, our passes were probably at least 3,000 feet with loaded backpacks. It, it felt hard and slow. But that also meant that you got amazing views of the valleys and the peaks and then you camp low. Um, so that was a low, low yeah, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> yeah, so every day was just epic. Did you all have any trouble not speaking much Spanish being in Peru and hiking that route? Was, uh, was that a, a complication at all for you? No, um, I think if you didn't know any Spanish, it would be difficult. But okay. I had taken Spanish in school and Stephen knew a little. Um, <laughs> Piquito. Piquito. we knew enough to get by but i yeah i think knowing um amounts like currency and and stuff mm. like that was super helpful because as you pass through each of these communities you had to pay a fee uh for the right to pass through their their property and so that would have been difficult if you didn't understand yeah i'll clarify too i don't speak any spanish and <laughs> if i had gone without grace i would have struggled really hard it would have actually okay. been quite difficult and frustrating and frustrating for the locals more than me. <laughs> um, but I think definitely you should know some Spanish to go or go some with somebody who does and Grace can understand everything 
they're saying and is pretty good at conversing. So nice. Yeah, that was very helpful. And Google Translate is available for offline mode, which is yes. also very helpful. Mm, that's so huge. We downloaded <laughs> that before we left. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit more in detail about um, this is probably new, especially to like American distance hikers, like the fact that this circuit in other circuits in Peru and South America in general, you actually have to pay fees as you walk in and out of different parts of the trail. Can you just talk about like maybe how much those fees typically were and like how frequently you had to pay the fees and that sort of thing? Yeah, there's actually some history to it. Um, so back in the early 2000s, uh, some hikers from Israel got asked for money and refused. They thought they were being, you know, taken for money. And the locals walked them out and killed them because they wouldn't pay, like literally killed wow. them. And then, you know, there was like several years where people didn't hike. And Swami is, you know, one of them, he talks about it on his blog, how he was there right before it happened and then they decided to scratch their hike um so now they have a, a much more regimented system where all these little farming villages charge money and you don't really know how much you're gonna have to pay um but they do it as like a safety thing more than anything and there haven't been any problems since mm. um but for us it costs rough, roughly 350 soles each with Peruvian soles, I, I'm not sure how much actual dollars that is, maybe about $100 a person, um, but you have to have it in yeah. cash. And, you know, when we read on Swami's blog, I think it said like 150 soles per person. And we took way more and we still barely had enough cash on hand at the end. And we we're a little worried about like, well, will we have enough to get a, you know, get a bus back to where I was afterwards? Wow. So that's one thing I would caution to anybody doing it is take more cash than you think you'll need just to make sure you're not stressing about it while you're out there. And small but, bills yeah. because nobody and, and has change. Nobody exactly. has change, yeah. which is actually tough to do. So we, you know, we we're in what I was like three days before we left and we went to the ATM so many different times and kept, you know, buying things, small things with big bills to get a lot of small change um, mm. to go out there. But it stressed us out too, because when we started, I think we spent 150 soles each in the first day or two, which is the total that we were told the entire trip was going to cost. And we were planning on 10 days. So we yeah. had a little oh moment, like, are we going to run out of cash? Because this is, this is way more than we expected. And if we keep burning hmm. through at this clip, we're not going to have enough to pay as we go along. There's nowhere to restock on cash when you're out there there's no atms or anything you don't go through any towns with anything like that so you really do need to take everything with you from the start so we we got a little nervous but it did spread out after that and uh yeah i think it was about 350 soles maybe 400 per person for the entire wow. trip yeah i think roughly we looked it up it's maybe 130 dollars a person for the entire time and it all goes to the community so we we're happy to pay it yeah. And I wonder if the guided tours, if they handle all those transactions for their clients so that you don't have to do that. All you got to do is bring your money for the Coca-Colas and chocolate bars at the hot springs. <laughs> and also for your prescription for proliculitis yeah. afterwards when you 
your skin gets sick from all the feces in there and also for all the coca leaves that you're gonna yes. and jump on by the way grinkle did you all partake in any coca leaf action while you were there or tea or tea no we didn't nothing no. you're willing to admit on a national broadcast <laughs> International disco, come on. International no, broadcast. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. We are not Aaron Rodgers. Nope. Ah. Talk to us Should about the time of the year that you went. Why did, why did you go in May? Why did you go in June? We went in June because that's the one of the driest parts of the year. I think they said that the, the high season is May to September because that's the, the driest and, and relatively warmest. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, we got great weather. It only hailed on us the first day. And the rest of the time it was beautiful, like sunny, warm, and then really cold at night. Yeah, really cold at night, like well below freezing. Um, but yeah, it, it's so close to the equator that the temperatures don't fluctuate much, but the rainy season or dry season is what dictates when people are typically out there but it, it did it did it was very similar to Colorado where almost every morning it was blue skies and by the time you went to bed it was completely cloudy and then they'd all go away within the first hour or two of dark so it, it had a very natural pattern like Colorado has it's also made me appreciate Colorado because the trail was full of donkey poop there was poop everywhere yeah. and trying to find a, a camp spot that didn't have poop nearby was impossible. Wow. So, it, it put the continental divide trail to shame. <laughs> wow. I, I was yeah. in, I was in Peru in 2005 and that's what I remember too. There was so much poop everywhere, just absolutely everywhere. It was mm-hmm. like cow poop, donkey poop, like, just vicuña poop. There was so much poop. It was everywhere. It's crazy. Sounds awesome. It's, yeah. it's, that, that was our experience. Just grazing yeah, that's one animals. Of the things I realized too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you actually go overseas, that's not like a Peru-specific thing. That's like anywhere outside of the U.S. The wilderness is like farm animals shitting everywhere, which is not a terrible thing. Like it's you know the land is maybe more utilized. I'm sure there's some benefit to that, but the grazing rules and the amount of stock animals we have in the U.S. is tiny. Like you go to Europe or you go to Nepal or you go to South America or even our hike in Morocco. It's just loaded with cows everywhere and cow poop everywhere, unlike anything you see in the U.S. So Peru was no different in that. I think I was just taken aback by the fact we would get, like that second day I was talking about, we went over a pass that was almost 17,000 feet. And sure enough, there's like cows everywhere up there it's impressive where they can get to (laughs) yeah super impressive i think the cows in the west elks might give them a run for their money right now (laughs) there's like a thousand cows up there and there's cow poop everywhere it's like all in my shoes it's all in my uh, it's everywhere what else what are some highlights or or lowlights um that you can think of low lights so you you talked well i'm going to talk about a highlight first i don't think there were many low lights um the highlight one for me probably my favorite 
her second favorite day was uh, Trepecio Pass. And this was one we kind of just decided to do while we were out there, like, oh, let's just go over that way. It looks like it goes, and somebody was talking about it going. And that's how we skipped the hot spring. Trepecio kind of like doesn't mm-hmm. pass away, it takes you away from the hot springs. And I thought that was the coolest day in the fact that the entire way up, you're looking at these enormous glaciers, and it's just like a white wonderland the whole time, and it's huge glaciers coming right down to you, and then you hike above the glaciers. And then as soon as you crest Trapecio Pass and start going down the other way, it's like desolate nothingness. There, It's just like, you look like you're on Mars. There's no, no snow, no glaciers anymore, but it is like a glacial moraine underneath that's just been emptied. And it's got all these dotted, like really turquoise lakes amongst like orange, reddish rock in it. It just felt like the difference between the two valleys when you crested over the pass was so stark that it made the day for me really special, like a, a very pretty day. That sounds awesome. That's what about really water pretty. treatment? What kind of water treatment did you guys take? We just took bleach. And a squeeze. And a squeeze. And yeah. we just yeah. bleach we is the theme of the show tonight. Bleach is yeah. totally the theme of the show. We've been we were talking about bleach <laughs> earlier to cure yourself of poison ivy. And giardia. And giardia. Oh. And C19, right? Potentially Lyme disease too, but that hasn't been researched. <laughs> Which is a good reason to promote it. Okay, so you use bleach <laughs> and, a, and a Sawyer squeeze. How much bleach do you use in your it water? It just depended. Just one drop. One drop? For a liter. Like an eye drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Were there springs or did you get them from the lakes? I mean, it sounds like the water sources were contaminated. They surely were usually flowing. There were so many streams and and creeks and creeks yeah that was one of the things that surprised us as well as how boggy it was like despite the high elevation it felt like we were in scotland where you're crossing mm. enormous bogs almost the entire time so your feet mm. are wet the whole whole way um Ooh. but yeah we always got flowing water and depending on if i wanted to freeze my hands squeezing water through or i was lazy and just wanted to put bleach in it was <laughs> how we decided <laughs> what treatment we were going to use mm. interesting I don't know if you all heard last month's show, but I went on a a rant about uh, water treatment in in 2022 Mm. and how, why So I was pissed off. (laughs) I had a a water treatment (laughs) method that failed me. And um, real quick, I'll just mention a lot of people sent me messages saying that they still use Aquamara which is kind of a bleach derivative it's a it's chlorine mm-hmm. dioxide whereas bleach i think is what straight chlorine i don't know but uh yeah yeah anyway i digress um but yeah it's that uh, yeah i mean you gotta if there's cows you gotta have you gotta have something figured out unless you're like d-lo and you just yeah. dip and sip and, oh no i treat cow yeah. water i treat Do you? cow water oh yeah totally <clears throat> i treated all my water in peru there was so much poop down there what do you treat with? Um, probably bleach or maybe iodine. Although I did get Damn. pretty, okay. I got pretty sick in Peru, but I don't think it was from drinking water on hikes. I think it was eating, it was drinking smoothies at the market type of thing. Ooh, and, Ooh uh, yeah. And I, yeah, you know, you guys are talking about the mate de coca. I found the mate de coca was actually quite soothing on my stomach when I was quite sick, and uh, I 
actually quite enjoyed the mate de coca. I just found it very soothing when my stomach was just in knots. Yeah, Grinkle, what can you guys tell us about food? Do's, do nots, what did you do? What did you do not? Uh, in terms of a drink, you need to get Pisco Sours. That was my mm. favorite by far. In town. In town. <laughs> There's yes. nowhere to get not, that. On the not on the train, <laughs> I wish. Did you, did you drink any Cusqueña Negra? No, I don't think so. No, no. That's, the, that's the local beer from Cusco. That was the only good beer I found in Peru uh, almost 20 years they ago. They had some microbrews, like mm. two microbreweries in what I was. Oh, my God. I bet you they do now, yeah. yeah. Are yeah. there IPAs yeah. in Peru? Like, I'm really? sure there are. Oh, there are. Nowadays, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cusqueña Negra, though, is good. Man. <laughs> it's like sweet, dark. You could drink it warm. Oh, it's delicious. Mm, I don't know about that. Sounds gross. Yeah. Well, all right. So if people yeah. wanted to plan, they wanted to go to Peru. Good question. Dip their toes into the Cordillera Wiwash or Cordillera Blanca or I don't know, one of those Cordillera places. What, at least with this circuit, where would you recommend people go to do some research and, and learn? I would probably go to Salami's website, Hiking Life. That was a really good primer um he's got some good maps and information um and he tries to update it you know um like i said he said 150 soles for the full trip and that was last updated 2015 and now it's a lot more and even the locals in waraz that we asked um like at the hostel and everything said about 150 so that wow. really caught us by surprise being out there and having it be more than double but yeah, I'd start there and, you know, get a, get a paper map. And, you know, if you, if you have Gaia GPS on your phone, you can also download the map and have the GPS or not the GPS files, but you can download the topographical map mm-hmm. before you go out there and do some route planning. So we also decided to, to do it solo, just us too, but there are so many tour guides that could take you and there's a lot of benefits to doing that as well because they you know they set up tents um which is really nice like we said it's dark at six so a lot of people were eating together by lamplight when we were you know huddled in our tent and it was dark and cold um which would be really nice to have that community while you're out there um Mm -hmm. and then they apparently make delicious food so there's a lot of tour options as well. You don't have to do what we did going solo. Very cool. And I, right. I tried to order the that map from Amazon, the one that's listed on Swami's website, just FYI. And yeah, and it, it was like six weeks, never came. And then um, I inquired a couple of times and then and then they just canceled the order. So <laughs> if you're thinking about doing it, put your order in now. Because yeah. it might take a few goes for you to actually get that map. FYI. Yeah, that's interesting. Originally, we had planned this trip in uh, to do it in June of 2020, and obviously the pandemic happened. So we've had this map for mm-hmm. you know over three years now. But I don't think we had any problem at that time getting our hands mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. But I would I would recommend the hike to anybody. I I thought it was fantastic. Definitely, you need to know some Spanish. You should probably bring all of your food out there um, if that's possible. Obviously, we had you know people we met out there who they were doing this as part of like longer 
trips. Um, but we had the luxury of, we were just doing this trip. So we brought 10 days of food from home, you know, like, um, dehydrated meals and stuff. Um, and that, that was really helpful because there isn't, once you're out there, you can't really resupply. There's one little village you can hike into called Wayapa. And, uh, they had like a small little market with crackers and cheese, but you're not going to get like legitimate meals in town or anything like that. Awesome. Thank you both for talking to us about the hike we didn't do in Peru. Oh, get over it. <laughs> Stop calling it that. They only cried Way a to little shine bit. the spotlight on yourself over and over again. I, I know. I'm just, uh, God. I, I, yeah. We can go back and do the Cordillera Blanca. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Sweet. As long as y'all can slow it down to our pace when we're out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, the uh, fact yeah. that you guys were only doing like 10 or sub 10 miles a day is, I mean, you guys normally do a lot more than that. So that speaks to how difficult, I mean, the altitude, the, the terrain, but also you said you were, you took your photography gear, you were kind of more enjoying it, you know? Could it, We could have gone a lot faster, but it would have been less enjoyable. And we did a yeah. lot of you know, like base camping, we did, I think twice where we base camped and did just did day hikes for a day, you know, up valleys or things we wanted to see that made it a lot easier not having 45 yeah. pounds on my back, trekking it up. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's so beautiful. You don't want to rush it. Yeah. 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 Totally. Sure. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming on the show tonight. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get out to the Cordillera Blanca sometime and you know, we can be on your podcast. <laughs> I dig it. Cool. All right, you two. We will uh we'll catch you on the flip side. Have a good night. Night. Thanks for having Thank us. you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. All right, folks. We're gonna take another break. And when we come back, uh, we probably have some more hotline calls. And but we've got to get to uh to our trip reports. We've all been places. And, all right. Uh yeah. don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Simon from Germany. I hate hiking and I never listen to the trail show. But I love sauerkraut. Oh, sauerkraut. Alter, is this lecker. All right, Triple O, let's go back to the hotline. Hey, this is Todd down in Austin, Texas. Y'all gave me the trail name Toothpick, which I haven't really used yet, but I guess now I just have. Um, way behind on shows, catching up. I uh, haven't had a commute in for a few years, so I'm just starting to commute a little bit again and catching up. Anyway, I'm listening to, to the episode on the New England Trail, and y'all were talking about, uh, someone called in about the an Alaska Trail and the name and saying, hey, that's not a great idea to call it the Alaska Long Trail. And I was thinking, well, what about just the Alaska Trail? I think it, 
great to have the name Alaska in the title, kind of like the Colorado Trail. It makes it easy to remember where it is when you hear it. Um, immediately you get the idea, oh, this is Alaska. So anyway, just throwing in my two cents. Uh, hope you guys have a great day and uh, look forward to uh, continuing to catch up on the uh, Cal Show podcast. See you. Toothpick. Hey, Cal Show. Uh, this is Todd in Austin, Texas again. Um, literally just 10 seconds later in the podcast, uh, I heard more about Alaska. And that POD, you were saying you didn't want to go to Alaska. Just go, uh, you know, was saying you should go. And then, of course, you didn't want to go to Idaho. But anyway, um, my wife and I and our kids went to Alaska a year ago. My wife would have never had interest in Alaska before. But one of our daughters took a job up there for the summer, so we went up to visit her. And my wife loved it. I was really surprised how much she loved it. And we didn't try any backpacking like that we just visited uh, different places around Alaska but but it's a really special place and the mountains there struck me in a way it's different than say the mountain west hmm. we would be at sea level and then there's this giant mountain right right up from sea level so you don't have the high altitude um, challenges for those of us who don't know the higher elevations and then I was also surprised by things like there's a ski resort there. It's close to Anchorage. And I don't know why. I didn't ever think about Alaska and ski resorts, but I didn't. Um, and then the last thing I'm, I'll mention is that it felt incredibly unchanged. Like when I'm in Colorado, the mountains are there, but it's like it feels tamed. Like man has tamed it sort of. I, I know we haven't really completely, but Colorado just the level of wild, wildness is just off the charts to me. And it's like there's these little pockets of civilization, but 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 it's like we have not changed that wilderness. I hope we never do. So anyway, I highly recommend it, and my wife does too. So whatever that's worth, there you go. Have a good one. Bye. Are you convinced, POD? You headed to Alaska, booking tickets right now? Not convinced, not heading to Alaska, not booking tickets right now. But I would like to change this gentleman's trail name from toothpick to truthpick. Because that's Ooh. what I heard, heard originally. Ooh, I, like I think that. that'd be really good. Truth pick. Truth pick. <laughs> All right. Done and done. Very, very nice. All right. You went to Alaska. We went to some places, right? We, we need to yeah. do Wait. some trip reports. That's true. Zerpolo, let's that's start true. with you, man. You went the furthest abroad out of any of us. You went and hiked up an 18,000-foot mountain in Iran. Keep it to two minutes. As some of you may know, I got married uh, a couple times, once just with my wife, <laughs> once with my family. But there was one more time we had to go to Iran to get married with her family. So we hopped on a plane and then another plane and then another plane. And then we were in Iran. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really fascinating country with deep culture and incredible food, incredibly nice people. Um, I think it, for me, it was very eye-opening in terms of just how um, it's portrayed in the U.S. and versus how it is in reality um, mm. and on the ground uh, there. And the great thing about Iran is that there's tons of mountains and there's one in particular that's like legendary called Damavan that uh, is 18,000 foot volcano and 
it's amazing. It's uh, I think we should probably do like a longer trail show. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, about let's it. do that. So I'm not totally. going to get into like all the things about Weeds. it, but um, I'll bring in the expert to talk about all that. But uh, yeah, it was great. It was very thin air. I will tell you that. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, when you base camp at the top of the the elevation of the Colorado's highest mountains, you know that you're in for a rough day the next day climbing up. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Dilo, you went Wait. on a two-month odyssey across the fruited plain and back. Two months? Two, two minutes. Months. Two months. Go. I'll just say that I went to... 14 states and one province. Oh my God. We went to, in order, we went to Kansas, Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts, back to New York, up to Vermont, up to Ontario, up to the UP of Michigan, down through Wisconsin, down through Minnesota, down through Iowa, out through Nebraska, and back to Colorado. That's more than but 14 states, but go with it, man. It's 14 states and one province. I've okay. okay. And we stayed, well, we, we took two weeks to travel out, and we took two weeks to travel back. And we spent about a week and a half in Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. We spent um, a few days in Albany, where I grew up. We spent about a week and a half in these southern Adirondacks, which is one of my favorite places <coughs> on earth. Hmm. And we spent about a week and a half in Vermont. So we're very stationary Damn. for large portions of that trip, but we're also on the move, car camping and hiking and exploring the wonderful wilds of North America. Awesome. Wow. Yep. And I will say that my favorite place of all those travels was Killarney Provincial Park in Ontario. Hmm. Killarney Provincial Park is a small provincial park about 35, 40 miles off of the main highway out and back 40 miles and it's right on the Georgian Bay of Lake Huron and it's where some really interesting rocks meet you've got pink granite rocks that look like they could be at Pikes Peak down along the waterfront and you've got quartz mountains rising up to 1,000 maybe 1,500 feet above lake level um, so you've got some really kind of nice different rocks kind lake of level together. The lake level is about, I think the lakes are about 600 feet. So maybe it's a thousand foot rise, yeah. but um, beautiful mountains. Cool. Lots of mosquitoes. Awesome. Yeah, oh, I would think. Mm -hmm. yeah. The mosquitoes right, in Beauty. Michigan were nothing compared to Ontario. Um, <clears throat> we need a trip report from your uh, trip I to the hospital. I took a trip to the medical center of Aurora. And had a microdisectomy on both sides of my L5. It went great. My surgeon was fantastic. I woke up and all the pain that I'd been experiencing for months in my left side was gone. And the only downer is that a common side effect of the surgery is some tingling, numbness, and nerve pain that, that goes away, not like the nerve pain that you had before. Um, it's only my right side, which is weird because I didn't have anything going on over on that side before. Well, I, did, I couldn't feel any pain, but there was stuff going on. I just didn't know it. And just this morning, I actually started to get some sensation back in my foot. So that's exciting. Bingo. Hopefully things continue to trend that way. I was telling Triple O that 
when I was going for walks, it felt like I was walking with someone else's foot in my shoe because I couldn't feel my foot. So, oh my God. yep, I'm on yeah. the men's. Hmm. Wow. <clears throat> That's awesome. And what was wrong? Um, 90% of my disc was squished out and had formed scar tissue that had encapsulated the nerve root on both sides. And apparently I also had, which we didn't see in the images. They didn't see till they got in there, a bone spur on the right side, somewhere in my joint or in my vertebra or something. I don't know. How does that squished disc happen? That's a good question. But you know, if one more person suggests it's from backpacking, I'm going to murder them. Well, is that from all that backpacking you do? Yes, because every hiker you've ever seen is having back surgery. That's what it's from. The statistics say (laughs) that 50% of people over the age of 40 have a bulging disc in their lower back. Most people don't know because it doesn't cause them any pain or any. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't squish out far enough to push push on the nerve root. Hmm. And 100% of the people over age 70. Have at yep. least one bulging disc. So there yep. you go. Yeah, it's age. A lot of it's age related, but some of it can be, I mean, accidents, you know, accidents mm-hmm. can cause such a thing. Um, oh, I think probably like... there was something that started it, right? And yeah. then, you know, and then I I do a lot of running and I'm kind of a, a plotter when I run, you know what I mean? Like I'm just real, like an elephant. I feel like, I don't know. Who yeah, knows? There's, there's a good picture of what this is on the internet if you search yeah. bulging yes. disc. And that's just yeah. looking at it, you're like, okay, I can yeah. see. I see what that is now or how that pinches a nerve and causes mm-hmm. pain and stuff. Interesting. Huh. Wow. Well, I'm glad Not you're feeling better. I am. Thank you. So I don't have a whole lot of trippage to report. I've been um, doing some work in the West Elks. So I, I come out here and I work in the woods four days a week and I car camp at night and uh, I get like five to six miles of walking in a day as I'm wandering around the woods and that's it. That's all I've got for trips. But Disco has been on the weekends when he's been home for like three or four weeks in a row. Every Saturday he floated the Arkansas oh, yeah. River. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Triple O, you'd be proud, man. River I cast. Tubes. Yeah. I, I and a couple tubes. weeks ago one Maverick uh, El Jaicador was here right before my surgery, and he and Disco got to float together. So. Speaking of the Jaicador, did we get a call from the Jaicador? Yes, we right. did. Let's go to the hotline. Look at this intro we have here. This is a professional show. Here we go. Hola. <laughs> this is uh, Marvin Maverick Kessler, El Jaicador. In Tucson, Arizona. Uh, yeah, guys. Uh, <laughs> long time no here. Um, I'm uh, here on I-80, uh, you know, rocking out to some Iron Maiden, old school Maiden, peace of mind, that type of stuff. But, uh, yeah, just uh, yesterday I just got done uh, dropping off uh, uh, one of the uh, trail show VIP Dirtmonger um, at the southern terminus of the uh, Idaho Centennial Trail. And then Jarbridge. I made it uh, Jarbridge last yeah. night. And uh, this morning, guess who I ran into? Another uh, trail show VIP. Uh, not a chance. Um, small world, but uh, funny stuff. But uh, yeah, 
Um, it's me again, the guy with the uh, overcompensated rocket box or rooftop tent, um, you know, that uses a rocket box in the wintertime. But in the summertime, I, you know, I sleep up on top. But, uh, yeah, I have a, a question for uh, D'Lo here, man. Um, I just recently uh, finished a 150-mile section of uh, Dirtmonger's Great Basin Trail, and um, the subject I want to talk about is this uh, uh, lasher, long-ass section hiker, and slasher, super long-ass section hiker. My question is, Dilo, or anyone who wants to chime in, how many miles do you need to do in one hike to be part of the Lasher Club? And same thing, how many miles do you need to do to be part of the Super Lasher Club? So um, the longest I've done, you know, I'm a, I'm a school teacher, and um, – I can't do a full through hike, so I'm always section hiking stuff. And uh, the longest I've done in one summer is uh, 1,200 miles. So um, does that, super long. Does that consider me in any of the club? You know, man. What do you think, Dilo? Anyone? What do you think? Was I when I did the DDT and PCT those both times, and I did 1,200 miles? Was I was I part of the Lasher Club, long ass section hiker, or was I part of the Super long ass section hyper club. Or Slasher. Does anything even exist? So, uh, yeah. Give me your uh, <laughs> thoughts about this. And, um, yeah, the only time I listen to trail shows is when I'm hiking. So, uh, there you go. Hola, que tal? This is Marvin Maverick de <laughs> Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, I just got cut off there. Uh, Happen, but uh, anyway, yeah, I just want to know uh, your opinion, your thoughts, <laughs> Milo, anyone, yeah, tell me what you think because, uh, yeah, I'm just curious, I'm just curious, boy, curious, George, guys. Anyways, see ya, don't want to be ya, vivo los gatos, vato, oh, yeah, and one thing, triple O, I hope you're not uh, sporting uh, any maroon or gold from that. Uh, you know, ASU school, that scum devils. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't fear no fork, man. You know, I don't fear the fork. Down with the scummies, bro. Anyways, adios. Maverick out. I thought it was the El Hikador. Maverick El Hikador. <laughs> well, let me, oh, let me clarify something very Long quickly. ass section hiker. I don't care about the sun devils. I don't care about any team in arizona i went to an sec school the only conference that matters so oh what wow. else is there to say <laughs> oh my word. god <laughs> mm. this is not a sports podcast i think we should stop no, now no we need to know about slashers and lashers Stilo. lashers if i had to make a game day decision judgment call which i like to do 250 miles for the lasher Slashers, five hundred. What about no, between so two fifty? You know what? No, no, no. Slasher, seven fifty, seven hundred fifty mm. miles. Yeah. Okay. Twelve hundred kilometers. I think it might yeah. be trail dependent too. Yeah, Probably. like one third of the trail. Yeah. Wait, what happens if the trail is like trail. less than seven hundred fifty miles? Oh, yeah. you have to be at least a thousand. Dude, why wouldn't you just hike the whole damn thing then? <laughs> <laughs>
That's a good question. Maybe El Hikador needs to call back <laughs> yeah. in. Or oh, oh, you're going to go, oh, I'm going to go do a super long ass section hike at the Colorado Trail. Dude, it's only 500 miles long. What are you talking about? You can't. It's not possible. <laughs> you just can't do it, you know? So uh, it's tough, man. It's a tough, yeah. tough thing. But nobody would ever say I did a super long ass section hike at the Colorado Trail and went to like, you know, Molas Pass and called it good. <laughs> Mole ass. <laughs> Mole ass pass. And called it good. Mole ass pass. No, That's where no. you have Once you get to mole lots ass, of moles on Once your you get ass. to mole ass, you're going way further. You're going all the way. You're not just going to stop there, you know? Hey, we, yeah. had a, anyway. we had a letter from Sonia in the mailbag. I want to read this real quick. Okay. Um, and then we can go back to the hotline. <laughs> uh, okay. Sonia says, hi, guys. I have no trail name, and I don't really like beer. I started listening to you in my early 20s when I was considering hiking the PCT. Now in my mid-20s, that seems very unlikely as I have an expanding number of farm animals. <laughs> they destroy my attempts at landscaping. I have enjoyed following along with your adventures and understanding the lifestyle. I hope to do a multiple day hike in the future. They, I hope, what is a multiple day hike? Is that a multi-day hike? Yes. It's kind of okay. like a super long ass section hike, right? I thought, yeah, maybe she's a it's like section hiking, anyway, a multi-day hike. Yeah. 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 She says, thank you for all the years of listening from the Haida Gwaii, small Her. island off the north coast of British Columbia. Oops. I said that I listened. Sonia. Thank you, Sonia, for listening and best of luck on your multiple day hike. Whenever... <laughs> <laughs> whenever on your slasher I, I envision like a multiple day hike is kind of like what snorkel did with the denver brew through like it's actual multiple oh, day hikes in a row yeah did yeah, like yeah. Nine, yeah nine days of day hikes in a row and slept at someone's house at night that's a multiple day hike scenario and that's what i hope you do sonia or is God that bless. a section hike of the denver brew hike? <laughs> well because right? uh, like you God. could do the know. whole thing like in a loop like you know like i don't know right? but if you uh, if sure. you if you stay at someone's house at night if you're extricated you're more from like the a trail, crasher than, than a yeah, yeah it's not no. a section hike because <laughs> if you're a crasher hiking, you're, you're, you're not a slasher you're a crasher tent. nah that's a multiple day hiker mad asher yeah yeah before we go back to the hotline we got some messages from the german vampire pod yeah can we hear what the vampire spoke on yeah very good he is our european trail show correspondent mm. hey treasure nation this is a vampire official italian trail correspondent for the trail show i now have one week left until i go home and uh, it looks like i will be running one week short of finishing the trail but that's the way it goes Thrasher. and i want to stress Slasher. that the gta is absolutely not like the gi11 it's a really nice trail you have a lot of really nice single track well maintained well cut and you have a lot of mule roads so not dirt roads no 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 pod <laughs> uh, it's really nice small roads that were built with a lot of work by the villagers some, I don't know, 100, 200, 300 years ago. Really nice to walk them, really steep, um, made with cobblestones, 
often not more than one meter wide, sometimes uh, carved in the rock and going around the villages to chestnut groves. And yesterday on one of these mule tracks I made my first uh, 6,000 feet climb until lunch. That was really nice, so I'm a bit wary today. You can see a lot of wildlife on the trails. I saw ibex really close, uh, chamois. Uh, I think the foresters of the trail should have to explain that's rubricapra, rubricapra in Latin. I saw alpine salamander, quite a few very funny alpine marmots running away with their fatty bellies. Uh, large trees, beech trees, huge Swiss pine trees. Um, really huge chestnut trees mm. at the beginning of the season crazy wildflowers insects butterflies cri uh, crickets and pod a whole lot of baby donkeys <laughs> so very good trails um resupply can be <laughs> baby but donkeys. you have to get the hang of what the uh, small italian shops have available another d good description you'll find on the interweb is the block of the darkness hikes through. I don't know if she's hmm. related to POD, but yeah, the vampire is still having fun. And greetings to Trailshow Nation, vampire out. But wait, there's more. The vampire called back. Hey, this is the vampire official European trade show correspondent and uh, with a final question about the GTA and uh, I think all of our audience are curious about uh, the question is this trail crowded and um, I have a panel here of absolutely randomly selected GTA hikers and for this panel now the question is the trail overcrowded Nine. I think we have a very clear view of the panel, um, so uh, you will absolutely run into no crowds on the trail. And yeah, with this uh, information, I give back to Colorado to the um, Bobby Walter Studios. Vampire out. Oh my god! Over, oh my god. Was that overwhelming nine. Nine, 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 nine. Oh my god! That was fantastic. Now, why uh, would he? Why would almost, he chime almost, in with like, "Is the trail crowded?" I, I don't almost want to hear that, that again. I almost would, want to hear that again. Yeah. That just nine, well, nine, nine. Well, <laughs> if yes. you ever listen to the trail show, you I will could, be we'll able to hear it again, that over yeah. and over and over again. <laughs> Maybe we could do something like we used to do back in the day, and we could have that like be like the outro music, like nine, 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 nine. Oh, nine, it's going to well, show up nine, in nine, the Easter egg. <laughs> okay, it's going to yeah, show up. Don't you worry. <laughs> we also got a uh, I also got an email from uh, one of our newest VIPs, Bob Hobo Evans. He said, uh, I said, I, Bob, thank I'm you. on Bob. No, Bob Hobo Evans. He said, uh, Bob I said, Evans, isn't that thanks a restaurant for becoming a new donor. And he said, you're so very welcome. I enjoyed not listening to you on the PCT this year. I didn't send you beer because I live in Vegas. We just drink it. We don't make it. Hope you do another few years that I don't listen to too. Anyway. Oh, Thank you, so Bob. Special. Wow, yeah. that's really nice. We also had a politician call in. Oh, so let's wow. go to that clip. 
please hold for the president <laughs> of all the West. Hey, this is Trip the Light. Up until last month, I never listened to the trail show. But recently, I've been out on the trails, and I run into hikers that are listening to the trail show while hiking. So I decided to give it a try. I became so confused and disorientated that I got lost. I missed a turn while absorbing information about beer. I tried to ask a hiker for directions, but none came my way. So because of this experience, I never listened to the trail show. It's probably sound Hashtag advice. disorientated. Yeah. Yeah. Disoriented. He has a call back. Uh, oh. Please hold for the president of all the West. <laughs> hey, this is Trip the Light. I called before about the trail show highlighting a trail I will be hiking on. And I just wanted you to know that because you made the Tahoe Rim Trail, the trail of the month in February, there was a trail show bump on the trail. I could not complete the entire trail. Because of the trail show bump and the extreme hot weather, there were so many hikers on the trail that the creeks that normally flow all year were dry. In the future, could you please check my hiking schedule prior to making the trail the trail of the month? Thanks. <laughs> wow, man, uh, I, love, I love this show. <laughs> that's great. A lot good of thing we live in a you know he he's a president, but he's got to get it past the Senate and the House before he can make <laughs> rules about about who we that's can right. send on what trail. Do we have any donors this month, Beauty? We did have some donors this month. How Just fast? Can you and know? furious. Can you read them? Okay, let's see. We've got Bernard Wolf, hey. Russ Nutfuss Kinder, Craig hey. Pisco Gully. Thank you for well, the beer. Bobby Walters, Eek. Trevor Smoking. If you got it, the Bowman. Sean Dank Wademan. Extra Dank. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Diane Pinkers. So Stein. thirsty. Stein. David Sarcasm the Elf Vitty. What a guy. What? No, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Never mind. And thank you for the beer. Full of pasta. Justin ahead. Quality Knowles, Ingrid Gerard, well, Pat the Bouncer Dixon, The Weekend, Stephen the Hustler the Russell, Ammon the Brute Bruce, Bruce. Renee Shira Patrick, Wesley the Haggis Addict, Greenwood, Kevin Chickpea Cross, and Sasha Honeydew Codette, Tebow Not, Tim Williams, Tommy the Meat Popsicles, Stevens, more than one popsicle. Pecker, Aro, Brandon, Lost Balls, Love Lady, Shira, the Switch, Blady, and Brian, the Big Mac, Namera, Caddy, Sisu, Matiskela, Phil, Felipe, Gilbert, Compass, Dave, the Ancient, Crusted, Old Geode, <laughs> Stephen, Robin Hood, Donnie, Sheboygan, Ruin, Pitts, Rachel, Die, Bama, Die, Merchant, Eric, Adequate, Johnson, Dan Beer for Paul next month. Mpson, Richie Rich, Lemuel Glasgow. Thank you for the beer and the coffee. So much coffee. Smoke coffee over man. here. Narmer. Mark the Nuclear Farmer, Homer, Narmer. Sarah Compass Haynes, Eric the Robber's Son, Daniel Fundip Sharps. Sharps. Kill Bill Cottrell, Woody Yukon Gaboose Bass, Matt Hustler. Frantum. Tim, the Hooch Hoochins, Paul Trulove, Jacob, Dang. the Iron Triangle, Deutsch, Curtis Ware, congrats on the birth of your first uh, 
grandchild. Grandchild. Wow, malware. Yes, Good malware had her first baby. Hey now. Tyler the Kerminator, Kermoade, Ray Fitch, Marvin Maverick, Castler, El Heike, Andrew Paget, Pat, Pat Pipkin, Kurt Leacri, Newton, Flash, Bob Hobo Evans. Thanks for coming to new VIP. Jack Billings, thanks for coming to new VIP. I need your address, please. Uh, let's see here. Victor Flamingo Newton. Uh, Andrew Padgett. I think I read Already him twice. Him. Okay. He gets two shout outs. He's Kristen, Easy Mac, Hard Tongue. Anyone off POD. Lemuel and, oh, Baptiste, Mr. Oreo himself. Oh, that's Spent hours oh, that does look like on the Oreo. phone trying yeah. to make yeah. an international Oreo. donation. So thank you for that. Oreo. Shout and out also shout to out Crazy to Eyes, who just finished the AT and his Triple Crown, and Ooh. to Mike and Sarah, who will be also f- in the near future supplying us with a little bit of alcohol. Ooh, and they're just great. And they're just great in general. Jalapeno Sarah and Mike, tequila. you know who you are. Very good. We're going to plow through, folks. No more breaks. Okay. Hilo, well, ask a hiker. I, wait, we before we get questions? to that. Wait, wait, we have more hotline. Be- we do. What's going on? Total chaos. Do we have more hotline calls? We have one more hotline call. Let's go to the hotline. We're going to the hotline. Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, this message <gasps> is for Triple O. I'm just wondering how that man hump went calling you from the back 40 landline. <laughs> uh, we never listened to the trail show. Bye. Did she say man hump? She said I think man she hump. Did. I was hoping that back you would know 40. what that meant. Do you guys know the origin of the phrase back 40? I looked it up no. recently. I'll tell no. you. I, I'm, I'm so very confused. confused by this call because I feel like <laughs> it's a reference call doesn't to make something. Any sense. But back 40 is like the back 40 acres of your quarter section. So right. It's like the most remote section of the government deeded land uh, when settlers were settling the Western United States. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Triple O, wow. that person definitely sounded like she knows you. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I feel like that's a, like an inside joke or something. I have Wait forgotten. Man, what's up with the manhump? Wait a minute. Who, who did you hike with in Portugal? That was Dea, but I don't think that, that was her. Are you sure? That sounded like Dea. Couldn't what would that even mean, that though? I'm not. But I also have like the memory of like, a goldfish. So mm. <laughs> there's a good chance that it's like I should know what that was about, but I have no idea. It's a mystery. Okay. Well, someone needs to call back and give us some more cryptic details. Yes. Yeah. We From the front to 40 well, this morning, time. Please. We look forward to it next month. This is longtime non listener, first time caller, Fancy Mac, coming to you guys from the GR10 on my crossing of the Pyrenees on the Pyrenees High Route. I started yesterday. It was quite a lovely day. I was seen off with my husband and son at the beach over on the Atlantic side and um, got to walking. A couple updates from out here. It's lovely. I think some of you guys are familiar with this, uh, the trail that I'm on specifically, it's, it's gorgeous. And there've been some unexpected things and some very expected things. Uh, one of the unexpected things has been the, uh, the shooting 
I know that the Spaniards like to hunt on the weekends in the countryside, but it's been a little close to the trail. I'm pretty sure a tree about 10 yards behind me was hit with a bullet yesterday, but I am still here and I am still walking. I did about 15 yesterday. It was a nice, easy start. And there was, of course, the usual wildlife you'd expect to see in the Spanish and French countryside. Lots of horses, sheep, lots of chickens and um, geese and livestock guardian dogs. And it's really been very pleasant. Um, it's kind of foggy. The rain comes in and out. I am a, a big fan of the umbrella, so I'm out here representing those that know the wonders of the umbrella. I use it for shade, of course, rain, and I have used it to block wind when I'm walking into it, but um, it's going to come in handy, I think, on this trip. <laughs> Last night, uh, I had a very interesting visitor at my campsite. Um, I mean, I guess the fact that the horse was there is not that that interesting or exciting because they're kind of everywhere here, but I think I had pitched my tent perfectly, by the way, right in the middle of this horse's salad bar. He was <laughs> none too happy about it. Um, about 2.30, he was getting real close to the outside of my tent, and I could hear him wrestling around, but the noise of horses eating at night here is it's not that surprising. Uh, so I was basically able to sleep through it until <laughs> he got a little bit too curious, and I'm in one of those Z-Plex tents, a soloplex or an ultiplex or one of them, and it's uh, got that little mesh part between the bathtub floor and the exterior. It's about four inches or six inches or something. So he finds a way to scoot his nose up under that and try to stick his nose through the mesh part, which is right by my face. Oh. He puts his nose in there, and he's kind of leaning into the tent, and he snorts real hard in my face, and of course that wakes me up. And so I scream because... I, mean, I have no idea what is going on and that scares him and then he takes off running and somehow from the back side of my tent uh, I'm just sure he was running over my tent and I was going to get crushed um, but he tent got tugged real hard and there was a loud pop and then I heard his foot his um, hooves kind of run up the hill and I was like okay I think it's over um, and I realized my tent was definitely not going to stay standing so I opened the, opened the door and I mean, the guy line was kind of strung out like a little piece of spaghetti. It's green, so you could see it. Tent stake was nowhere to be seen. And then the horse was coming back, so he wasn't finished with me yet. And uh, I was like, well, this guy's pretty dodgy. I'm not going to go out there and try to remedy this at the moment. I'm still not sure what's, what's really going on. So I sat there, and I held my trekking pole up and kept the tent supported around me while he continued his salad bar. And... Uh, this wow. was another 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, my God. Finally, he, after munching and a couple stompings, maybe he was letting me know how pissed off he was at me, uh, he left. So I was like, okay, great. This is my chance. Um, of course, it's raining. What, why wouldn't it be when I have to get out of my tent at 2.30 in the morning? Um, so I get out, find the tent stake, strewn about, figure out how to reattach the guy line that's been <laughs> completely ripped off. Um, but I was fortunate I was able to actually tie it back on get the tent stake in and then my, my heart rate's kind of beating in my ears I'm like oh god I need to lay back down I'm tired they wait is that my heartbeat or is that like oh, the horse hoof prints is he coming back I couldn't tell which is ridiculous so I started to get flustered and you know your headlamp only goes so far I was like god he could be anywhere so um I break the tent stake in my rush 
have to get another one out, finally get the whole thing restaked. No longer a perfect pitch, obviously. And I am fully awake and stay that way for another hour. But I live through the night. I don't think he came back. And uh, I'm on the trail and I'm headed east. So that's never happened to me before. A little bit of excitement. I will send you guys some updates as I make my way. I hope everyone is doing well and POD. I'm really sorry to hear about the continued back issues and thinking of you, and I'm hoping for a solution soon. You guys, take care, man. Later. Sounds like a wow. nightmare. A rogue horse on the GR10. <laughs> Holy In the middle of the night. That's the worst. Middle of the night crap <laughs> with rain. Stay strong out there, Fancy Max. Stay strong. That's right. Dilo, did you have any questions this month? I have no questions, only answers. Very good. Let me cue up the music. All right. Uh, music is cued. Choose yeah, which question. Just We're one do question. One. Okay, good. I'm already going to do one, P.O.D. You okay. don't got to tell me that two is too many tonight. All right. <clears throat> First question. Dear Mr. Lowe, here is a delicate topic for the high priests of the Trail Show Nation to discuss. I know it is difficult not to stray from the righteous path of the Trail Show. Talk of mountain biking, paddling, roller skiing, cable cars, or jack riding is not allowed. I know that. But what if temptation is not about leaving the shining path of hiking, but staying true to the beer god? I know on very hot days, one may drink brown liquor instead of the beer. But what about the wine? The temptation is great on my path. While I walk through the Italian valley of the shadow of death, the wine is very cheap. The beer often carries the dank mark of the Heineken devil and is two, three, or even four times more expensive than the sinful wine. What should I do if I don't want to forsake hiker heaven? Sincerely, the vampire. Oh. Mm. Dilo, this is all you, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, it's okay to drink wine. Yeah, I mean, totally Dilo cool, drinks man. wine every month. He fleeces some wine from his wife's book club and starts the show that way. So actually, right. I supply the book club with wine, but it's um, still their wine. Yeah, I mean, sure, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with drinking wine if you're in Italy. I mean, like, yeah, it, you know, on. like when you're in Peru, it's kind of exactly like beer kind of sucks. You gotta drink mate de coca and mm -hmm. and, sour. and Chilean wine. With mountains oh, yeah, and to Pisco, climb, and drink Pisco the wine. Sign. It doesn't yeah. quite rhyme, but yeah, it's but it's okay. It's Fair. okay. Vampire, do not feel bad, because like, what are you going to be drinking for beer in Italy? Like a bunch of Peronis, like right? Yeah. Maybe like if it's really hot and you're down low, you want to crack a Peroni and it's ice cold. Great. Yeah. But you know, you're up high. You don't want to be drinking Peronis, man. Have a glass of wine. Even if you're down low, have some white wine. I mean, you're in Italy. Yeah, Drink some Italian yeah. wine. Goats, my goats, man. It's much oh, cheaper. The high yeah. priests have spoken. <laughs> we have spoken on the. I mean, look at we have out of order. He was drinking rose in Switzerland I did. or something. I, did. Yeah. I drank. Oh my god! Open it with a tent steak. Yeah. All right, this is the part of the show where the show really ends. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Twinkle and Grace, a.k.a. Grinkle, for talking to us about their hike of the Cordillera Wawash Circuit in Peru. Many thanks to all our hotline callers. You too can be an audio superstar by calling the hotline at 
Big thanks goes to Skittles, Wampire, and Fancy Mac for giving us updates from the trail. Last but definitely not least, goes thanks goes to all our monthly donors. You all are the fuel that keeps this podcast chugging along. Win with a sticker and stick with a winner. Get not one, but two <laughs> trail show stickers with a $15 or more donation by heading over to paypal.me slash the trail show or by clicking the paypal.bap. PayPal button at thetrailshow.com. Sometimes we're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know about it. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. We're on the air and everywhere. Another trail show is coming gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in September for Mexican Independence Day, also known as Dia de la Independencia. On the Independencia. Independencia which is guaranteed to be full of beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, I'd like to leave you with some words from the late Jack Kerouac. I was surprised, as always, by how easy the act of leaving was and how good it felt. The world was suddenly rich with possibility. For P.O.D., D.Lo, Triple O, Twinkle and Grace, I'm Disco. Ciao. I feel like the, the end of the shows always feel like the end of a PowerPoint presentation that's gone too long, where the presenters yeah. are like frantically clicking through the slides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I'll believe Starlink held up for me the whole show. Yeah. If you're going to eat an elephant, you got to start eating. Just so you know, the ghost of Grandma Gatewood is strong with you tonight but beware there are things lurking about in these mountains the trail was full of donkey poop i'm uh here on i-80 uh you know rocking out to some iron maiden Hey, it's it. Yeah, you know, another French. This girl will soon say that the trail show is crowded by Frenchies, am I right? Um, I just wanted to let uh, the trail show non-listeners know that Dilo doesn't need help anymore in his backyard, as he never answered my offer to work for him when I was injured on the CDT. Um, I'd like to thank you again, P.O.D., for your help. Um, I guess it's because you're still a hiker and like Dilo that you helped me. But hey, Dilo, if you'd like to read him yourself, uh, you could maybe go off the rails a bit more on this episode as everyone seems to like it except P.O.D., but whatever, we, we don't really care about that. Oh, by the way, um, I wanted to have a wine package delivered by Lamas from France, but she told me that you would be the only one to drink some, so yeah, you can blame her on that. I have a trail tip for the hiking fam, actually. So if I may have my intro music with uh, someone shouting by drunkness. So when you manage to yogi some grilled meat to uh, in the wilderness, be sure to eat everything before reminding them that there is a fire ban in progress. That way the plate will not be taken from you with some delicious free food left in it. You may insert the drunk music again, actually.
Piotti, I hope I've been better to your friend than Buck30 has been to Disco and you, telling you to hike the TA. And uh, Triple O, uh, my offer to stay at my house is still valid, so if you decide to cross Europe again, hit me up. Thank you so much, the Trail Show family, for all the nonsense you, you provide us. Uh, I wish everyone a happy trails, and of course, get off the rails! Dilo, this really happened? Yeah, this absolutely. <laughs> he really- swallowed the leaves? Yeah. He, re- he like stared me in the face, you know? He looked into the windows of Just like soul. that. He looked like that. He's staring at me. He's like, you know, two feet away from me, staring at me. He's got no shirt on. He's like I imagine tight that with kill muscles, somebody. man. He's tight yeah. with muscles. He's missing teeth. Did you tell him about how important, how helpful drinking his own urine could be? No. No, I did not. Oh, my God, man. That dude's probably in the hospital right now. Uh, maybe. I mean, him and, his mom, in the him and his mom right seem, to, uh, seem to kind of know what they're talking about. You know, she told me she was brewing up teas from poison oak roots, you know. Deck man, great memories with a nice deck. Deck man. There will be no regrets Resurfacing all the restorations Replacements and so much more We don't build just decks We build memories Make your memory a good one Deckman Count on us, we offer best prizes Call Deckman now or visit Deckman.com